0: Alright. You're gonna have to use your imagination which with my eye condition, it's not far fetched. My ophthalmologist cannot believe that I'm not blind or going blind, but by the grace of God I still see twenty twenty, even though I can't use my own tears and have to put them all in artificially. But imagine that I am blind. You're gonna have to use your imagination and I walk into a a room dark, dark room. I can't see a thing and I'm wandering through. I cannot find an edge. I cannot find a wall. There's nothing until there's something. Now I have what appears to be a music stand somewhere in this vast vast room a room so large that I cannot find an edge a wall anything there's only floor and I have this now when I leave it I know that I am only steps from it it was right back here and so at this point The only thing that is truth for me is this. Where are you? I am two steps from this music stand. I am five steps from the music stand. It is my fixed point, and it is truth because otherwise I have no idea where I am. And I may not even know where this music stand is, but I know where I am in relationship to this music stand it has become my truth so I know I am away from it in which direction I know I'm on the microphone side I'm on the back side I'm on the iPad side and it becomes my fixed point that is what the Bible is for us the Bible is a fixed point in a world where we have no idea otherwise what is true. And so as long as I know where I am in relationship to my Bible, God's Word, then I know when I'm far from it. I know when I'm holding on to it. I know how far I am. Does it make sense? And so the Word of God is my truth because it is the only thing that God has set up to be stationary and unmoving now that's important because in this analogy this is my truth right it's the only thing i know where it is now (laughs) what happens it's moved, right? So it's important that God's word has been unmovable, and I think there's a reason that so many of our documents were hidden for a time that we could go back and we could see. You know, um, it has always been. It is. It is unmovable. God says that we won't lose any of it, and so that is our truth. And He has validated that truth in so many ways. But how do you know if you can trust what I say? Well, does it line up with our truth? Does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with God's words? That's what I want to know is God's word. I really don't want necessarily any man's opinion because we have done quite a few things (laughs) with the Bible, haven't we? And so we can see uh, what what, what was it? There was a a cathedral blown up in in Christchurch. Not so long ago, and the guy said he did it for Jesus, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, because I know the teachings of Jesus, and you weren't following one of them (laughs) when you did that. You can claim to have done that for God, but you did not because I have a fixed point. I know that you're over there because I know where here is. Is this metaphor working for anybody? Good. Good. Or y'all need some coffee. I need some feedback. (laughs) So what does his word say? And that's going to trump whatever I say. All I'm here to do is give you revelation from that word, not a change in that word. So my question is, if you opened your Bible and read cover to cover, having no prerequisite knowledge you didn't know anything we we grab someone from uh from from a remote part of india and bring them in and 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 they read the bible and and accept it this is true what would they do have you ever thought about this because you've been taught some stuff you said well i didn't grow up in church no but you grew up in texas (laughs) right and, and I never read the Bible, but the radio said the Lord loves a drinking man. So that's my, you know, like you have some sort of biblical context, though it may be perverted. You have... Um, um, something that you know, but if if you didn't know any of that, and I just read the Bible cover to cover, what would I do? Forget Church of Christ, Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, non-denominational, denominational, denominational, non-denominational, whatever. Forget that. Cover to cover. The Bible. What would you do? I want to give you some scripture today uh, and, and propose to you how I would possibly know what you would do because there are those who lived that. People didn't know about Jesus before Jesus. (laughs) And so what were the first people uh, who sat under the teachings of Jesus? What did they do? Hearing his teaching. So we can actually look at this and take a a fairly objective look at what would I do? The Bible talks about something. You're familiar with this term, and the term is in the Bible quite a bit. Uh, but our goal, your goal for, for your family and uh, your goal for uh, yourself, your, your children, your parents, your co-workers, all ever, uh, whatever, we, we, we sum this up in, in, in a word. Salvation, right? And so you know when you go to church uh, that we want people to get saved. And Uh, If someone around you struggles, oh, that they could just get saved. Have you ever thought about this term, salvation? Now, outside of a spiritual context, if you get saved, that means that there was some sort of imminent danger and you were rescued from it, right? I was drowning and she saved me. So what does the Bible mean in saved? Because that has just become like this blank term for us. No, there has to be some sort of imminent danger. Now, I suggest you have, even if you're like, I'm not a note taker, just get your pen and card out, just amuse me, okay? Because I may, I'm, I'm going to run through some things uh, and I'm not going to repeat myself a lot today just for time's sake. So you're going to have to write these things down and, and maybe go read a chapter or two on your own just to, just to fact check me. I want you to do that. We are being saved from the wrath of God. That is what we need to be saved from. I know you didn't hear that on, uh, you know, whatever gospel hour came on the radio or whatever. But God has a wrath. Okay? And I know we're not supposed to judge and we follow Jesus. So if we're not supposed to judge, then Jesus is not supposed to judge. No, 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 no. He judges because his judgment is just. We are not supposed to judge. God is like, Jared, look, you're a moron on this. <laughs> you, you stay away from this. Leave that to me because I am righteous. I am true. So God does judge. We are being saved from the judgment of God. This is Romans chapter 2. If you're like, well, where does the Bible say that? Romans chapter 2. I'm not going to read the whole chapter today for time's sake. In fact, this, this theme goes from Genesis all the way to revelation remember in the beginning god creates heaven and the earth and he walks in the garden with adam and eve and we see that up until the point that they sin boom we're separated from god and god is like okay i'm going to see who wants to choose me and who wants to not choose me if you want to follow satan that's fine Uh, satan will come under my wrath and you can follow him into my wrath well why would god throw people into hell god is not going to throw people into hell he is allowing a decision Okay, And you can follow Satan into God's judgment, into God's wrath, or you can follow God into eternal life with him. What were the trees? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You have the exact same choice that Adam and Eve had. You can either follow God or you can try to be God. Under which point you come under his wrath because God will not let his place be taken by Satan or you. Right? So, uh, Revelation 20. See, that's Genesis. It goes all the way through Revelation. I'm gonna read Revelation twenty eleven through 15 for you. All the scriptures on the screen, by the way. Nobody expected you to be a Bible scholar. Nobody expected you to know what we're gonna talk about today. That's why we're here, okay? We love you chill no quiz is coming at the end of this <laughs> all right uh but all the scriptures on the screen and if you don't have a bible to go home and check these things we want to give you one we have them right outside the door they're free please it's our joy and honor to give you that bible revelation twenty eleven through 15 then i saw a great white throne this is the very end of the bible by the way And one seated on it, earth and heaven fled from his presence and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, the great and the small standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by what was written in the book. Then the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each one was judged according to their works. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire, and anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. It's not a popular teaching. It's not real fun to talk about, but that is what salvation means. We're being saved from judgment. We're being saved from the wrath of God right so I don't think that's clear really when culture speaks of salvation you need to be saved we think it be saved from negativity well there's that too and that's good but salvation means being saved from the wrath of God so begs the question how do I get saved How do I become saved? I don't want to go to hell. I want to follow God. I want to do good things. How do I get saved from Satan? Following him? The wrath of God? From myself? How do I get saved? And if you read the Bible cover to cover, what would you do? Well, let me tell you what you would probably not do that most of you have done. I have done, I still get people to do this, but you would probably not do this had someone not shown you. You would not get on your knees and pray a prayer of salvation. Nobody threw anything. That's good. That's further than I thought I would get. You did that. Most of you were like, I got saved when I was six years old. You did pray a prayer of salvation. You prayed a prayer that is not found in the Scripture. The Bible does not have a sinner's prayer. Some of you are like, oh, well, there's a, they prayed, all right, yes. And so we could call one of those a sinner's prayer. But what you did at Vacation Bible School at seven years old, right before you ran from God for the next 25 years, that's not salvation. Okay? And so I'm not, this is not a, I'm teaching you, you're going to hell. That's not. Yeah, as I know somebody's going to walk out of here. You're going to a Mexican food restaurant. I mean, I'm not going back there. He told us all we're all going to hell. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying salvation is probably different than what you learned when you were six years old. Now, is the prayer of salvation a bad thing? No. I still lead people in that prayer. I'll tell you why later. I'll tell you why later. But. First, we need to see what the Bible says about salvation because that's our, that's our truth. That's our fixed truth, okay? So if I'm leading you away from that, don't believe me. Go to the Bible. I'm gonna read you a few passages. We can't go through all of them today, okay? You, you check that out. Maybe your Bible has a concordance. Go online uh, to uh, an exhaustive concordance and check out salvation. Just go see what everything that the Bible has to say about it. I'm gonna give you a few of those. Acts chapter 16, verse 30. Uh, the followers of Jesus are in prison, okay, and uh, something great happens and they're released from prison, but they don't run. The jailer called for the lights. I'm in verse 29, Acts 16:29. Thank you. Rushed in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, remember... These are people who, now, now Paul sort of met Jesus after the resurrection. Jesus came to him on this road from Damascus, gave him this great experience. But Paul was alive while Jesus was alive. He didn't grow up going to vacation Bible school. He grew up doing something entirely different. Now, what are they going to say? Because this matters a great deal. They said believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household. Well Paul, you just failed seminary. Because that's the wrong answer. He just says believe and you will be saved you and your household. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, I want you guys to do this for me. And just we'll just we'll just keep it we'll just keep it cool. So you don't have to embarrass yourself in front of me. I want you to just lift your hand just a little bit. I don't want anybody to know that you're actually doing this when I ask you to do it. So just, just lift your right hand a little bit. You can lift. Okay? I want you to tap your toe. You can tap. And I want you to believe. <laughs> I don't see anyone doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is, this is the difficulty because it's like, but, but what can I do? Give me something to do. If I want to get in shape, I go to the gym. If I want to gain mass, I eat a bag of Doritos. I think that's how you do it. I, I can, I can, there's, there's a verb. There's something that I can do in there. Give me something to do. And we want that. We want finale. We want closure. Yes, I did it. I'm saved. Well, believe. <laughs> and you're in your own head about that, aren't you? I ask God every week to confirm the message that he gave me, and I've had three. Before Monday, I had three people call, talking to me, asking me these questions. So this was already decided. If you're one of those, many, who called me this week, I did not write a, a message for you. Believe, and you will be saved, you and your household. John 3.16-21. through 21. Some of you have heard John 3.16, but maybe not 17. Here we go. For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life as compared to eternal death. Because we're all going to live forever somewhere, heaven or hell, right? So what does eternal life mean? That means with Jesus. There is etern- The Bible has a theme, eternal life as opposed to eternal death. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. Anyone who believes in Him is not condemned, see, condemnation, judgment, wrath of God, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment, hear that again, judgment, All through, all through as you read. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. The people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. And so we ask, how do I get saved? And it continues to say, believe, believe. Believe. We will get to verses that say believe and be baptized. And you're like, oh, you just threw me off, okay? But hang with me. We believe, and then because we believe, we run to the light. Do we run to the light so that we can believe, or do we believe and then run to the light? We're going to get there too. Hang on. Romans ten nine and 10 on the contrary what does it say the message is near you in your mouth and in your heart this is the message of faith that we proclaim listen this is Paul here's the message of faith that we proclaim I'm on pins and needles Paul what are you gonna say if you confess with your mouth you just threw me for a loop again all I had to do was believe and now you say believe and be baptized and now you say believe and confess what's the answer really? Oh, it's going to get worse. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. Now that believe theme keeps coming up, but we get these other things thrown in there. Acts 2:36 through41. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Okay, tell us. That's what we want to know. 38, Peter replied, repent and be... Now we got to repent. How many more are you going to put on this list? Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Now, confess. Confess believe, repent, baptized. Now you're just making it confusing, preacher. I'll tell you who makes it worse. Jesus. Jesus is about to fail every evangelism course I've ever taken. Are you ready for this? Matthew 19, 16 through 22. Just then, someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Oh, here it is, baby. This is from Jesus. This is Jesus speaking about what we must do to have eternal life. Why do you ask me about what is good, he said to him, where uh, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked him. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we're done. <laughs> See you in hell, right? Right? The young man impressively says, I have kept all these, which is totally not relatable. I've kept all these, the young man told him, what do I still lack? Come on, Jesus, lead him in the sinner's prayer. We've got to get one more saved so we can report to our denominational convention. If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go and sell your belongings and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young men heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. So we've got repent, believe, be baptized, confess, and sell all your possessions. Well, we're not going to heaven, then, are we? Because I kind of want a bed to sleep in tonight. I would like a few of those possessions. Some some are luxury, others seem to be necessary. We drove here today. How do you expect me to get to church, Jesus? What was Jesus doing? Where was the sinner's prayer? And then, how do you explain when Jesus died on the cross and there's a thief next to him, a thief, not someone innocent who had been falsely accused? There was someone who was guilty and proclaimed that he was guilty and told another guy to shut up, stop making fun of Jesus, and Jesus just looked at him and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Where was his prayer of salvation? Where was his baptism? Where was his selling all of his possessions to the poor? Where was his confession? Well, I guess we kind of had a confession. Where was his belief? We can't see it. How did that guy make it? I guess you just got to die on a stick. I don't know. And I think the point is we're missing the point because we're trying to place these actions. Give me step by step. Give me one, two, three. Help me with my swing. Okay? Give me one, two, three. How do I move my feet? How do I move my hips? How do I swing the bat? How do I throw the ball? How do I, you know what I'm saying? Like we have steps that we can do in everything and here's how you improve. And 10 ways, man, we want click bait salvation. Five steps to be saved today. We want click. Give me those, baby, because I can do it. I can knock it out. And Jesus doesn't seem to be prescribing to any of this. And if you will look, I'm going to give you this, and I want you to do your homework. I want you to go look at salvation on a concordance. I want you to find everywhere that says this and and, and, and come back and tell me if I'm wrong. You will always find believe. To be saved, you will always find believe. You will find some sort of identifying with Christ. Christ baptism what is baptism It is a symbol of what the holy spirit has done to you there's two symbols one is i go down dirty and i come back clean being made righteous being forgiven of my sins the other is i die with him which is why i hold you guys for at least mississippi three you can always tell no i love it just wait for their feet to come up that's when you know they panic okay because they're trying to like counterbalance So I hold them under because I want you to picture this is your death. You're coming back with somebody else in charge. So the second picture is death and resurrection, all right? Uh, But there is belief and there's some sort of identifying with Christ. So you're saying I don't have to be baptized? I'm saying that baptism does not, like this ring, does not make me married. It's just showing you that I'm married. Unfortunately, nobody's been looking, but too old now Uh, it does not make me married if i take this ring off i am still married it is just a symbol of my marriage okay you will find others like the thief on the cross who identified in front of everyone You, you you see tons of people who get saved and many times they'll say believe and be baptized but you see a lot of people who got saved and you see nowhere where they were baptized should you get baptized Absolutely, Jesus says this: If you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. If you don't confess me before the men, mm-mm. okay. So yes, you need to identify with Jesus. I think you need to be baptized. Some of y'all are being real cowards about that. I want to hold you underwater until I see bubbles. Okay, so sign up. Get on those connection cards. But what is, what is he getting at? What is my next step? How do I get saved? We think that you believe, you identify with Christ, okay? Um, and then you follow him. Now, you're saying I've got to follow him, so I've got to do some sort of work. Here we go back into it. Like there's, some, there's, there's a verb in play. There's something that I can do. No, I'm going to say this. I don't think... According to the scripture, and I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to back this up with scripture. You're not getting to salvation through your works, through your deeds, through your actions. You're not getting to salvation. You're doing it because you're saved. You are working not so that you can be saved, you are working because you are saved. And I think if you read the scripture cover to cover, what would you do? You would believe in Jesus, you would identify with him, and then you would begin to follow him. Period. End of story. And it's really as simple as that. Look through all of these equations and see if they do not have that in common. And Jesus gave us this. Are you ready? John 15, 1. This is what we're going to finish on today. I am the true vine. Dusty took away my clock. There's no clock for me. I have no idea how long this is going to take. Will you hand me my phone? Some of y'all are already hungry. Kate, will you grab me my phone? So we may be here for hours. John 15:1. Okay, Jesus tells us this story. I think this is the solution to our questions. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and, and he prunes every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Some of you are like, that's me, dude. I'm, I'm apparently getting pruned. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you could do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them. Throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Kate, will you hand me uh, this tree? I have brought this to maybe help this make more sense. This is, like if I were a tree, this would be me, okay? This is Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. This is the symbol, and I know he says vine and branches. We're going to use a tree because we're in the South. This is a peach tree. How do you know it's a peach tree? Oh, I see (laughs) a picture of a peach. Now, I'm a pretty tricky guy. It's possible. It's possible that I have a pear tree, and I switched Bags, how will you know? You will know by the fruit. Now, I'm going to confess to you that no way did I have time to do all that. As far as I know, it's a peach tree. But we won't really know. We won't really know until it bears fruit. If I were an enemy and you were putting your stock into a peach orchard, then i might would do that i'm a christian so i'm not allowed to but you know what i'm saying i still can dream (laughs) then i might would do that and don't think that your enemy won't do that and don't you think that the church is not full of people who say i am a peach tree and then one day we're like "Ah, that tastes a lot like a persimmon to me that does not look at all like a peach. And how do I know? I know not because I'm judgmental. I know the truth. And so I know the teachings of Jesus. And so you might bomb a cathedral in the name of Jesus, but you were not following one teaching of Jesus. And so I know a tree by its fruit. And Jesus says that he is the vine and you are the branches. And so here's the trunk of this tree. And here are some, y'all can't even see them from there. Here's some little branches this tree is still kind of in dormancy right now. We don't even know if this tree's alive. I just spent fifteen bucks in good faith. This Walmart hadn't done me wrong yet. I don't even know I don't even know if it's alive. But I'll see pretty soon, won't I? And I know you've heard that all your life. It's like, all we do is we just plant seeds. We never know if it'll grow. Have you ever had a garden? You do too know if a seed grows. Don't give me that. God called us to make disciples of the nations. I don't just plant a seed and walk away. I'm not Johnny Appleseed. I want the fruit from it. I plant it and I till it and I water it and I pick weeds and I pretty well know if it's going to grow or not. And if it doesn't, I hoe it up and I plant something else. Don't tell me you never know if a seed's going to grow. That's not how seeds work. And so I tend something. And so we've planted it, and it begins to grow. And how do I know what it is? I know by the fruit. Now, unless in here you are a Jew, we are actually grafted in to this great trunk. And many will say that they are. And how will you know? You see it begin to grow. You see it begin to bear fruit. And Jesus says, remain on the vine. Don't look. Okay? If you're going to go do your own thing over here, what are you? Oh, I'm a peach tree. Absolutely, I know Jesus. I got saved six years old vacation Bible school. And you will die right? That's not what salvation is. We can claim it all we want, but unless we remain in the vine, we cannot grow. Now, here's here's why that's good news for you, because if you've ever tried to grow on your own, if you've ever tried to overcome something on your own, then I'm almost certain that you fell. Now, we do have secular success stories, but not one of those stories will get to heaven on their own. We will not bear supernatural fruit on our own. Why? Because we have cut ourselves away from the source. Now, this is how silly it sounds. You know what this branch could do? To bear fruit, it could make some fruit, and then it would be accepted. Now, we know that's silly. Why? Because there's no source of nourishment. Nourishment That was half nourishment and half encouragement. <laughs> it cannot grow. It has separated itself from the source. This has no supernatural ability. This has no ability to grow. This has no ability to get nourishment on its own. It will have to be grafted onto the vine. It will have to be stuck back on, and there's a process, but you can do that. And that's what was done for us, if you are a Gentile and non-Jew. We were grafted onto the tree, and because we are on the tree, then we can bear fruit. It is ridiculous to think, as, as, as we do, and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. We've all thought this. I want to become a Christian, but I'm going to have to get some stuff right first. You've said it, haven't you? I'm looking at some of y'all like very intentionally because you've told me that. Like, I am, I'm just going to have to, like, there's a few things that I've still got that I'm going to have to overcome. You're saying, hey, I'm going to make some peaches and then I'll go get on the tree. No, you won't. This is the source of life. Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Without me, you cannot bear fruit. You just read the Bible cover to cover what would you do you would believe that he came and he paid for your sins with his sacrificial blood his sacrifice you would identify with him I guarantee you, somebody would know about it he says be baptized do it and then you would remain in the vine and bear fruit. And that's what there is to the Christian life. That's it. He will send the Holy Spirit. You will know when to bud out. You will know when to to let those leaves come out. You will know when to go dormant. You will know, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm still using the, the thing, not that you're supposed to be dormant. We're on an analogy. Work with me. You are a grafted branch. You'll produce fruit only if you remain in the vine. And you do not produce fruit so that you can become part of the tree. You produce fruit because you are a part of the tree. Okay? If you are waiting to get perfect, I'm not waiting to get perfect, I just wanna get over a few things. If you're waiting for that, you are trying to make peaches as a branch that's been cut off. Do you understand that Christ died for you at your worst? That's how much you cost. Anybody in here? I mean, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Anybody in here ever been to jail before? There's multiple things you could have gone to jail for. Let me tell you, everybody else in here should have gone to jail for something <laughs> and did it. I know most all of you and anyone under the age of 10 Probably should be there. What did they try you for? Now, somebody might have been real kind. But I'm telling you right now, if you commit murder and then you run a couple stoplights on the way out of town, you're not getting tried for a traffic violation. Your bell will be set according to the murder. I understand that there's a few things that you want to get over before you come to Jesus, but he has already paid for your worst. Do you understand? You don't know my worst, and I don't have to because I know the sacrifice. Romans chapter 5 says that where sin increased, grace increased all the more. That's not giving you a license to go sin. That is giving you an assurance that he has more grace than you have sinned that he has covered your worst. Well, can I lose it? Can I, can I, can I be unsaved? Can I step back? Because I don't know. Why do you want to know that? Let me ask you, and we can go. We can, we can talk theologically about that, whether you can lose your salvation, whether you can, whether you can run away from God. You know, God says, neither death nor life nor, nor anything will separate me from the love of God, but what about me? Can I separate me from the love of God? And you can ask those questions all you want, but I will just ask you this first. Why do you want to know? Are you planning on running from God? Because you probably don't understand the whole (laughs) vine and branch thing. You You know what squelches all that? Have a daily relationship, receiving nourishment from the vine, from Jesus. And a lot of your theological quandaries will just go away. Remain in the vine. This is how you bear fruit, is to be nourished from the vine. In closing, as the worship team comes up, Jesus was showing this rich young ruler that he didn't understand what he was believing in. He was trying to knock out the punch list of things that I can do to earn salvation, but he still didn't hold a relationship with Jesus as more valuable than anything that he had. He believed, but believed in what? Believed in an insurance policy? Hey, just in case this is the way. You know how many homes I've been in that have idols, literal like Hindu idols, and Jesus is one of those? Just in case this is actually the one. I've, I've seen this many times and so Jesus is like no I am I'm it dude I am more valuable your relationship with me is more valuable than all of your possessions and the man went away sad because why he valued his possessions more than he valued the Messiah and so did he believe in him or he was talking to him he believed he existed But he didn't believe that he was greater than the sum of all his possessions. When you believe, it makes a difference. When you, if listen to me, and I'm saying this with love. If you got saved years ago, years and years, and nothing has changed, (laughs) but did you? because when I really believe something I move it changes my behavior if it doesn't make a difference you may believe in the same way that the rich young ruler believed here's how I'll say it in a Texas way if he ain't worth it you ain't got it believe in him identify with him and follow him i think that's what you would do if you read the bible cover to cover shut it and said i believe this is true i think that's what you would do the reason i think that is because that's what the disciples did and that's what the converts that they talked to did they believed They identified, and then they followed Jesus, and they were led by the Holy Spirit to produce what over now 2 billion people prescribed to, starting with 12 men. Their belief changed their behavior. They were selling their land. They were selling their houses. They were getting rid of anything that might be leveraged to advance the kingdom of God because it was greater than anything else that they had. Why did they do this? So that they could earn their salvation? (laughs) No. They did this because of their salvation so if you're waiting to be good enough to come to god you will get there just as soon as you walk outside and find a stick on the ground that starts making fruit and then you plug it into the tree it doesn't work that way god is calling you you say well i'm not good enough nobody in here is good enough if we're waiting for good enough don't listen to a word i say We have the scripture, we have the source of truth who will make you righteous, who will take you and he will make you bear fruit. And God will do that for you. He has called you for that time and for that purpose. Pray with me. Lord, I pray that you will use us, that you will bear fruit in this body, Lord, that you will uh, take these these people who you love god you told me that about ranger a long time ago that there were there were so many people here that you loved, that you had children here that you had servants here god and i see it i see it god help them to see it god i pray that they will they will believe in you everyone who has not believed father i pray that they will believe that they will they will they will project their faith onto you father and that they will identify with you god i pray that our uh, our baptistry will be full god for uh, for, for quite a time, Lord, I pray that we will identify with you, and God, I pray that we would be led by you to bring our brothers and sisters and all these people that we love so much to you. God, I have seen the best of humanity that I have ever seen in my life in the last couple of weeks, and I cannot stand to think that they don't know you. And God, I believe we've seen that because so many here do know you. But Lord, I know that there are many who do not. And I pray that we will not walk around with a false sense of security because we claim to be a peach tree when we were something else. God, I pray that we will be in you. That that these branches will be in the tree, Father. So lead us. God, I pray for everyone in here that you will... You will give them a divine appointment with someone who needs to be led to you, with someone that they can teach to believe in you and to be baptized and to follow you. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, the worship team is gonna play. And uh, part of the way that we worship is with our tithe and offering, so please drop that into the basket. But also, um, if you have a question, if you have a prayer request, if there's some way that we can walk with you, uh, would you drop that connection card, fill that out, drop that connection card in that basket? We can speak with you later. Better yet, and either way is acceptable. But when service is over, we have a prayer team who will be right here on the front row, and uh, they want to pray with you. They want to talk with you. These are these are uh, mature believers, flawed human beings. Absolutely, looking at you, Belinda. But but mature Christians, mature Christians who love Jesus and just want to pray with you. So uh, we want, we want you to come up and pray with us. When service is over, drop that in the basket, but let us walk with you through whatever season that you're going through. Please stand and worship with us.